Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Kriebendruck Stock Market News. Today is Tuesday, the 4th of April, 2023. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's very interesting and insightful episode. The stock market rally has come to an end today and we got some very interesting economic data. Let us try to make sense of it all in this episode. Today's job report showed that job openings, according to CNBC, fell below 10 million in February for the first time in nearly two years. According to FactSet, Wall Street expected a number of 10.4 million job openings. Prior to today's data, job openings outnumbered the available workers by nearly 2 to 1, and that number decreased today to less than 1.7 to 1. What does this mean? Well, the Fed has made it clear that the labor market needs to cool down in order for inflation to fall back to the 2% target. Hence, it is indeed a welcoming sign that the labor market is starting to cool down. We will get the full jobs market report on Friday this week, which will give us better insight into the current state of the labor market. If that report also shows that the labor market is indeed cooling down, and if in addition to that, the CPI number of March shows that inflationary pressures are easing, the Fed could consider not raising interest rates by another 25 basis points in May. However, we must remember that the labor market is still incredibly tight, and if we do see a slowdown in Friday's data, then I would expect the Fed to push back and say that we need to see more data pointing toward a cooling labor market in order to draw a conclusion about the further development of the interest rate hike cycle. The two-year yield, which is very um, rate-sensitive, has slumped in the past two days. It decreased yesterday already because of weak ISM PMI data within the manufacturing sector. And due to the labor market data today, it decreased even further. The two-year yield is now only at around 3.845%, down from 3.978% on Monday. Before we move on to some very interesting headlines today, I would like to talk about an interview on Bloomberg Surveillance. Rubella Farouki, chief U.S. economist at High Frequency Economics, was interviewed by Tom Keen and Lisa Abramovich today, and she said some very interesting things that I believe are worth mentioning. Rubella believes that we will not see significant economic a significant economic slowdown in 2023. The market has been forecasting an economic slowdown since basically the second half of 2022. So she says that despite significant monetary tightening, the households are remaining in good shape because the labor market remains strong. She does expect a significant economic slowdown, but not in 2023, given the resilient labor market, resilient households, and in general, a very resilient economy. Regarding yesterday's weak ISM PMI manufacturing data, she says that the level is still far away from recession levels, which are usually in the low 40s, and they are not a representation of the strength of the broad economy. Overall, she believes that the markets are in complete conflict with what the data is showing. Similar very interesting comments indicating that the market is pricing in an unrealistic scenario came from JP Morgan today. Bloomberg wrote this morning that JP Morgan warns stocks are in a calm before the storm. 
JP Morgan strategist Marco Kolanovic wrote in a note to clients on Monday that, I quote, the Fed indicated no intention to cut interest rates this year, yet risk assets are exhibiting an unprecedented rally with European stocks trading near all-time highs and US stocks recovering recent losses. We expect a reversal in risk sentiment and the market retesting last year's low over the coming months, end of quote. Kolanovic believes that the recent drop of the VIX volatility index below 20 suggests that investors believe the banking crisis will be contained in the near term. And this brings me back to what I talked about yesterday. Markets are pricing in a soft landing. No significant rise in the unemployment rate. No credit issues caused by the banking crises. And the Fed significantly cutting rates this year based on falling inflation. The only way for the Fed to cut rates this year is when we see significant economic weakness or falling inflation. But in order to see falling inflation, we must see economic weakness. Hence, the markets are pricing in the Federal Reserve cutting rates for the wrong reason, because significant or, or for a bad reason, at least, because significant economic weakness is the only reason for the Fed to cut rates in 2023 by as much as the markets are currently pricing in. Now, in such an environment of very weak economic data, stocks cannot possibly perform well because earnings will also become uh, under great pressure. Hence, I totally agree with Kolanovic from JP Morgan that we will see markets retesting last year's lows because of either the Fed not cutting rates this year or because the Fed will cut rates this year because of significant economic weakness. But JP Morgan is not the only bank telling clients to sell equities. According to Bloomberg, Bank of America clients also sold U.S. equities for the first time in five weeks, withdrawing the largest amount of funds from the asset class since October, according to strategists led by Jill Carey Hall. This in addition to the fact that the rally we have seen has been very narrow in the first place, mostly driven by tech stocks, I expect downward pressure on stocks throughout this week. Now there is an optimistic scenario for the near term indeed. If we see that the labor market remains resilient in Friday's report, and at the same time see inflationary pressures further east, then markets could potentially go into another rally because this is once again kind of this um misleading picture of a soft landing of a goldilocks scenario for markets and we talked about this many times already in this podcast even going back to 2022 however that scenario cannot be maintained throughout the year as i explained previously and hence i do believe that it is very likely that markets will retest the lows of 2022 this year Overall, we can conclude that today's data and yesterday's data does show a slight economic slowdown. However, the data, in my opinion, does not allow us really to talk about the Fed cutting rates this year because we simply have not seen enough data points to suggest that we are moving in a, for example, trend of a uh, slowing labor market. And that is really not what the discussion is about. Instead, the discussion is about whether the Fed will cut rates, uh, whether the Fed will raise rates again in May, or if they will opt for a pause this time instead of a 25 basis points rate hike. And like I said before, if Friday's report 
shows that the labor market is losing some of its resilience and at the same time inflation is coming down, then there is indeed a chance that the Fed will pause in May and not raise interest rates again. Now, before moving on to Europe, let us look at what else Bank of America said today. Very, very interesting comments coming from Bank of America. Markus Koch reported um, on this today in his opening bell podcast. And I would like to mention it here because it is indeed very interesting. Bank of America said something today about the allocation to equities. The current average advised allocation to stocks by investment strategists is at 52.7%. This is indeed a very low level. Normally, the advised allocation to equities is at around 60%. Now, Bank of America states that the current advised allocation to stocks is 700 basis points below the peak of 2021. Historically, when the advice allocation to equities is at a similar level compared to now or lower, the S&P 500 was up by 22% 12 months later, 94% of the time. This is an indication that the bears on the market are becoming under pressure regarding potentially missing out on a potential rally. Bank of America believes that, now this is very interesting too about the general level of the S&P 500, Bank of America believes that 4,150 points um, of the S&P 500, um, a um, level of 4,150 points, is a very critical point. If we exceed that point, then more buyers could be sucked into the market, in which case the next goal would be for the S&P 500 to reach 4,300 points. However, in order to exceed uh, 4,300 points, basically two things must happen. Now, the first thing is we must have a good start to the next earnings season. The beginning has to be better than expected by Wall Street. And um, usually the banks start off, right? And it will be very interesting to see if big banks like JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, could benefit from the recent weakness we have seen within the regional banks in the U.S. Now, the second point is that the Fed signals a pause of interest rate hikes. Now, we're currently at a 50% chance that the Fed will raise rates by another 25 basis points in May and at a 50% chance that they will pause. The coming data this week and next week will probably significantly affect the expected rate hike in May. Now, there's one more thing I would like to take a look at today in, in this section of this podcast. Uh, Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, he said today, according to Bloomberg, in a note to investors that the disruption in the American bank sector is basically not a surprise. Regulators and the market know that banks suffer under rising interest rates because they're holding a lot of bonds that are valued at par value. Now, what happens when interest rates rise is the bond price will fall, which means that the bonds will be trading below par value. Now, in order to keep up with deposits, banks had to sell those securities at a loss. And once the customers of the bank whose deposits were not secured realized this, they started to withdraw very quickly, which put the bank under significant pressure and eventually led to bankruptcy. He also said that when the Fed did he also said that the Fed did not properly stress test banks for what would happen 
if interest rates uh, rise as much as they did in this interest rate hike cycle. Now, these are very interesting comments from Jamie Dimon. Of course, he said many more things in his um, note to investors, and I highly recommend reading through that. But it is definitely too long to discuss in this podcast. And let us now take a look at how the major U.S. indices performed today. There certainly is a lot of red across the board uh, in today's trading day. The S&P 500 finished the trading day in the red with around six-tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq 100 finished in the red as well with around four-tenths of a percent. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down with around six-tenths of a percent. In Europe, we have seen uh, basically uh, relatively a lot of optimism today. The reason for that is the European market is basically also ignoring the warning signs. The rise in the price of oil, the expectation of rising interest rates after James Bullard said that interest rates have to rise further yesterday, and the events in the banking sector, the market is in an optimistic mood despite those warning signs. Let us take a look at, the how, uh, at how the major European indices performed today. The FTSE finished the trading day in the red with half of a percent. The DAX was up today with around one-tenth of a percent. And the stock 600 barely moved in the red with around 0.08%. Last but not least, we will look at some specific values. Now, the dollar did show weakness today after the most recent data from the job market. The euro rose four tenths of a percent compared to the dollar to 1.0947 US dollars. And the British pound also, again, weakness within the dollar rose seven tenths of a percent to 1.2497 dollars. And even the Japanese yen rose six-tenths of a percent to a hundred uh, to yeah 131.70 per dollar now not only obviously not only the yield on the two-year treasury declined but also the yield on the 10-year treasury declined today with six basis points to 3.35 percent now it is interesting to see that the two-year yield is still above the 10-year treasury yield now, West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil, it could extend its rally from yesterday after, um, obviously, we heard that production announcement, uh, the cut-off production announcement from OPEC. West Texas Intermediate Crude rose four-tenths of a percent to $80.71 a barrel. And last but not least, the gold futures rose 1.9% to $2,038.5 an ounce. And that is it for today's stock market coverage. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Tomorrow, now I usually upload between 11 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. European Standard Time. Obviously today it was a little bit later, but um, tomorrow I will try to upload the episode between 11 and 11.30 European Standard Time. Have a great evening and see you tomorrow.